You're in the WOR Sports Zone. Matt's Spring Training Report. All right, it's that time, and uh, a lot of fun to have Ron Darling with us tonight for the Mets Spring Training Report. Of course, former Met, you see him on SNY. And uh, Ron, great to have you on the show. How you been? Is uh, is Wayno taking care of you on those SNY broadcasts? Uh, everything is great. It's nice to talk to you again, Pete. And Wayne Randazzo is such a talent. Uh, uh, working with him is so seamless. Uh, he's just uh, uh, so fun to work with, so knowledgeable. And uh, and he he makes it easy. Yeah, it's been fun uh, hearing you guys a little bit over the last uh, couple of weeks. And um, you know, most importantly, let's get the biggest question out of the way here: uh, Are you pro bullpen cart? Uh, pro bullpen cart? Yes, yes, I'm pro bullpen cart. I think that uh, they should soup these things up, um, <laughs> uh, try to make them as ugly as they can, and. Uh, uh, those kind of things, I think, will uh, fans like those kind of things. You know, like I never understand, you know, when they throw the free T-shirts into the crowd, why the people go so crazy. I don't understand it, but they love it. And I think it's going to be the same thing with with the golf cart. When it comes in, it's going to get a lot of reaction. I like the idea. That, yeah, soup them up, make them ugly, big, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> ridiculous looking structures. That's that's what everybody wants to see and uh, and have some fun with it. And the Diamondbacks, if uh, people hadn't heard, are bringing back the bullpen cart here for 2018. Uh, as far as spring goes, you know, we always overanalyze, especially the pitchers early on, and we've certainly been doing that with Noah Syndergaard throwing 101 the first time out to, you yeah. know, how Stephen Matz and Matt Harvey look every time out. What does it truly matter in your book, Ronnie? Uh, you know, is it a week before opening day, or you know, can we look at all of these starts as meaningful in one way or another? Well, I think it's. Uh, I, I think it really depends on the pitcher. You know, I, I think for Syndergaard and Degrom, I, I don't really worry at all. Uh, I just want them to be healthy, because um, if, if they're healthy, they're going to be good. I, I do think that each uh, a start for Mats and Harvey is very, very important, and, and, and in this way, you know, they they both come off a season um, that was not good, and I know for for Stephen, um, he had reposition surgery, so. You know, he's coming off that. Um, but they, they didn't have a lot of success. So when you have a season where you don't have a lot of success and you get uh, hit around a little bit, um, the, the appearances in spring training matter because you're just trying to rebuild your confidence, get to a point where you feel really good being out there and you feel like you can really get big league hitters out. So um, I am watching their starts. I think they're important. But as far as being ready for the 29th of March and, and, and after that, you're not really, um, you know, you're not really uh, pitching for uh, a major league game until you get into the 75 to 90 range. Until you get into those uh, uh, numbers of pitches, um, it really is not a factor. It's just uh, you're going out there to get work. Once you get to 75 to 90, now you're facing the lineup maybe three times. You've had a, you've got to vary what you're doing to get hitters out. The other um, the team that you're facing is playing their best people mm-hmm. uh, during those first six, seven innings also. So um, I think that's when you realize uh, if you're ready or not. Now we're talking about Ron Darling right now. Uh, we'll get into Mats and Harvey, and let's start with Mats. It's been a rough go these first two starts, clearly. You know, last year he had a hard time getting outs with men on base. The OPS against was 300 points higher with men on base versus the bases empty. Do you see that as... 
the big issue that he's having or just pitching out of the stretch? Or, you know, what do you notice uh, isn't quite there for Steven right now? You know, uh, Pete, um, one of the things that, you know, is never talked about, and, and you just mentioned it, the most important thing is, other than the outliers, and I'm talking about Scherzer and Kluber and, you know, um, Kershaw, most pitch, almost every single pitcher pitches the same way, and that is, is that during the course of the game, there's four or five outs that you have to get. And I mean the guys on second and third with two outs and the seventh play setter is up. Um, if you're going to have a successful game, and uh, the real good ones do it, uh, you know, eight or nine times out of ten, and the guys that are struggling are the ones that are struggling uh, with people on base. So it's no different for Steven, no different for Matt. Uh, one of the reasons they had a tough season is because when they needed that out, needed that pitch, they did not get it. And um, that is something that uh, all pitchers have to deal with, and uh, and, they're, and they're no different. So uh, hopefully this year uh, they'll get that one uh, to five outs that they need during the course of the game uh, to hold the other team down. And then, you know, with uh, Matt Harvey here, uh, you know, he doesn't want to talk about last year at all. And... Whether he wants to do it through the media or not, fine. But yeah. do you think you have to take that head on at some point this offseason when you're Matt Harvey so you don't fall into some of the same cycles and, and self-doubt that we heard from him after many games last year? You know, I, I, I think I'm going to give him a break in this sense, is that when you have a tough year, um, I, I think think about it in, in the athlete's way or even thinking about it as a a regular human at home. Uh, when things have been going really bad, sometimes, you know, just trying to forget about it and not talk about it makes you move forward. And I, I think for Matt, I think the season was just uh, so bad for him last year that to continue to talk about it, I think uh, for him, uh, maybe in a fragile way, it, it, it will bring about you know, uh, negative feelings. So maybe to put it on the back burner and not talk about it at all is a way for him to move forward, to think positively, um, and to and to and to try to uh, make this season just uh, you know uh, a, a fresh and a new one. And I think it's uh, you know I've seen other players do it before. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't work. Um, but uh, I, I think I think it's uh, I, I have no problem with the approach. How about the stuff? Does it look better now than it did in September to you? I thought the stuff um, uh, late in the season was coming out of his hand very good. He wasn't getting the results he'd wanted, yeah. uh, certainly. Uh, but the ball was coming out nice. I think the ball has been coming out nice in spring training uh, so far. What I what I like about him that um, what I've seen in his first two starts now, we're only talking about five innings or so. He said he's varied his pitches, varied his speeds. Um, he's really gotten back to where he's trying to paint that low and outside the righties, inside at the waist at the lefties. He's really that glove side strike that he owned in some of his best years. Uh, he's trying to relocate, and I think that's a, a great step forward. And we're talking again uh, with Ron Darling of SNY. Uh, Jacob DeGrom was able to throw a bullpen today. Uh, looked good doing it. Was able to take on Tim Tebow and Juan Lagares and Dom Smith with some live BP. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be tough for him to be able to make that start at opening day. At what point should the Mets, and it seems they want to give him every opportunity to make a start that he deserves, but at what point should they say, you know what, start game three, four, whatever it's going to be, but don't worry about opening day? Well, I think every pitcher uh, wants to pitch on opening day. It, you know, it's a, uh, 
um, it's a real feather in your cap, but you, you don't want to sacrifice. So the most important thing for the Mets is that Jacob at some point takes the ball 32 times. And um, so, I, you know, because he lost a little time with his back, uh, because he's playing a little bit of catch-up, I, I really uh, appreciate that Dave Island and Mickey Calloway have had to be the adults in the room. And we've seen in the past that uh, sometimes the pitchers have been able to dictate when and if they're going to pitch, and uh, that's not going to be the case uh, with this uh, kind of new regime. So, uh, you know, they're standard operating procedures. They don't pitch until they throw live BP. He's thrown live BP. He's not going to pitch in a game. And, you know, I, I think he deserves it. I think he had a wonderful season last year, and it would be great to see him pitch on opening day. But uh, more importantly, um, uh, 32 starts and uh, and a chance to maybe uh, maybe win himself a Cy Young will be more important. You've been to plenty of spring trainings as a player, as a broadcaster. What stands out to you about this new regime with Mickey Calloway, Dave Island, the pitching coach, uh, and others being a part of things here? Well, yeah, it's 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 a little too early uh, for me because you know I, I'm not in the locker room. If I were in the locker room, I'd probably have more to say, but. You know, I think the, the Dom Smith incident where, uh, you know, he was late and uh, and they took action straight away, I think was something that uh, we haven't always seen done in the past. Um, I think uh, uh, seeing the athletes, the kind of shape that they're in, um, a little leaner, uh, a little fitter, uh, I think is, is a good thing to see. Um, I think, uh, you know, Mickey has a very infectious personality. Uh, he's got a very winning kind of personality, and I think that's going to uh, serve well. Now, now, whenever I talk about this, I, I feel so disingenuous because, you know, Terry Collins did a fantastic yeah. job. And, uh, you know, he pulled this uh, organization through some real tough times and then got into the World Series and then the wild card game, two successive years. So I, I, I don't want to talk as though – you know, Mickey is is changing what used to be. Terry did a great job of himself. But sometimes uh, you just need to hear it from a different person. And I think that's really what Mickey's going to be for this ball club. It's a, just a, kind of a reboot uh, for this organization moving forward. How long does that last, that you know, honeymoon period, the breath of fresh air with, with someone, you know, a little different telling you, you know, what to do, how to do things, whatever it is as the manager? It lasts uh, easily through spring training, and then uh, if you win, it lasts all season, <laughs> and if you lose, it uh, uh, it goes away very quickly. So, um, you know, this is a tough town. This is a just-win-baby town, you know. So, um, um, and Mickey's going to, you know, when they go through their first tough time, and not every team goes through that, when they go through their first, first tough time, that'll be uh, uh, when uh, – being the manager of the New York Mets is going to be the most important uh, time of, of Mickey's life. Right now, it's pretty easy. He's just trying to figure out who he's got, uh, what they can do, and how they're going to fit on his ball club. And again, uh, talking around Darling right now, you know, Brandon Nimmo has been impressive this spring. He hit well, of course, at the end of last year as well. What kind of push do you think he can make against Juan Lagares to try to get as much of that playing time as possible until, you know, Michael Conforto is back in the fold? Well, if the season ended today, uh, sorry, if the, if, if, if the season started today, yeah. I think Nimmo and Lagares will be splitting time. I think Lagares will play against the left-handers and Nimmo against the right-handers, and both uh, may be leading off. Um, I think that's how well Nimmo has played so far. I think that's how impressed the Mets were with, uh, with his uh, hard work last year when he had to play a lot of games. 
So um, I, I think uh, things are very favorable for the way that Nimmo plays. He does a lot of the stuff they like, getting on base. Um, and for a team that's not very athletic, and I know uh, teams don't like to hear that, but athletic, I mean, there's no real team speed. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of guys scoring from first uh, uh, on a double. You know, he gives them some of that stuff that uh, that they need. And, uh, um, you know, Brandon Nimmo, I think, you know, has turned a lot of probably naysayers who didn't think he could play at this level at a high uh, at a high level uh, is proving them wrong. No, he definitely is, uh, and that's certainly true. One position that it does worry me a little bit in spring, and I know it's still fairly early in spring training, but you know that first base position, Adrian Gonzalez you know, hasn't looked like he's turned back the clock. You had the Dom Smith issues early on; he's been out with a, a quad injury. How do you see first base playing out? Is there anything that – what do you see from Adrian Gonzalez? I know he's a veteran, so maybe we should give him the benefit of the doubt, but it's been a couple of years since you know he's been a truly effective player. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. I'm not worried about uh, Adrian Gonzalez. I think that you know uh, if he's healthy and he, and he looks 100%, uh, that he'll do what he always does, and that's 25-plus. Uh, uh, 85 plus, uh, hit 280 plus. So I'm not worried about him. I'm not worried about the other corner either with Todd Frazier. The only thing that, that worries me, uh, up the middle is the health of Cabby, uh, Stribble Cabrera mm-hmm. and how much he can move around at second base. Uh, you know, he's had some injuries in the past and, uh, you know, it's at, at this point in his career, um, he's going to have to stay pretty healthy to play a pretty, um, uh, tough position. And then Rosario, you know, hasn't played in a couple of days. I'm not worried about the injury he has now. But, um, you know, if Dominic Smith is not going to go north, every team in baseball is built, every good team in baseball is built around young, everyday players. And, you know, Rosario and Smith are supposed to be the two people that are going to be um, the young, everyday players from the Mets. So it looks like Smith might need a little more seasoning. But um, Rosario is so important, I think, for this ball club. And then the final thing for me is is the health of Conforto. Um, I, I can't overemphasize how important he is to this ball club. He was their best hitter last year. Um, he serves a lot of different roles. And, um, you know, if you don't have him back till the middle of the season, uh, then you're in trouble. But it looks like he's ahead of the game as far as his health is concerned and the sooner the better. Took some live BP today, uh, so a big plus for Conforto. And go back to the middle infield, that's why it's been good to see Luis Guillorme have the kind of spring that he's had in case Rosario or Estrubal Cabrera, you know, you need somebody to fill in at those middle infield spots. Yeah, Guillorme is uh, interesting because, you know, he doesn't have the kind of body that you usually see from a middle infielder. He's kind of a stocky kind of guy. But, boy, his, feet, uh, his footwork uh, is amazing. Um, I like what he's doing as far as hitting the ball to all field. Um, he's a very smart player. Um, I think that's an important thing for any ball club. So, um, you know, uh, he, he's going to see some time in the major leagues this year, uh, whether it's as, as a starter in case someone goes down or as a, uh, as a fourth, uh, sorry, fifth infielder. Um, but he's definitely going to see some major league time. Yeah, it'll happen. And something uh, I heard on the broadcast today, uh, you've never seen the show Friends, Ron? I, I have not. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I knew as soon as I said it that I'm going to get a lot of you-know-what from, from people about it. And it's not that I'm anti-Friends. It's not. It's just probably my age takes me out of the demographic to have watched Friends. So, um, 
I, I guess to your viewers out there, I am uh, a big Jennifer Aniston rom-com guy. So <laughs> okay. uh, uh, maybe not friends, but uh, um but 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 I'm just you know I'm, I'm the wrong age. That's it. It's not my fault. Well, I'm sure uh, Wilmer can reenact any episode you might uh, want to see and uh, give you give you a whole show there. But uh, Ron Darling, SNY, uh, you know, former terrific Matt and uh, Ron. It's always great to have you on, and we appreciate you sharing your insights. Thank you very much, Pete. Take care.